This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison with Joe Rimmer and Theo Squires alongside me for this one. We'll be taking a look back at Liverpool's frustrating draw with Newcastle United over the weekend and also assessing what comes next for the Reds with just five Premier League matches to go so far this season. Joe, just when Liverpool thought VAR had come to their rescue late on against Newcastle, they still managed to mess things up. It was just a completely frustrating afternoon at Anfield. They had so many chances, they should have won that by an absolute mile. Oh, that was so bad, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, they should have done. Um, I mean, what else can you say other than what you've just said? It was one of those games where, I mean, we, we all feel this, don't we? Where you can just tell. You just know it's coming, don't you? And, and it got to about, um, I was on with Marcus Banks on Saturday working and we were just WhatsApping and I think he said to me after about 60 minutes, this has got last minute equaliser nailed on it. And I, and you just agree. I mean, we've all been there. You know, I've been at Anfield where you know there's games and, and it just felt like one of them. You just felt it coming and you felt it coming in the second it got to like 90 minutes. And, you know, you think, here we go again. And, it looked like Liverpool had got a lucky escape and then they didn't get a lucky escape and they got what they deserved because there's just something nervy about this team. I think as much as we as fans feel that the, you know this goal is coming, I think that the players feel it as well and you know it, it becomes a self-fulfilling thing where you know they're obviously nervous about it and then, then it happens. and It's just a shame, but it kind of sums up the season um, and I think it kind of puts the last nail in Liverpool's Champions League coffin, if you like. Um, I just hope that they can wipe the slate clean and go again next year. It's it's hugely frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, there's not a lot more I can say. Yeah, I think Joe used the word inevitable there, Theo. It, it did just feel inevitable, didn't it? As soon as they started missing those chances, you just knew what was going to happen because, let's face it, we've seen it time and time again this season, particularly, of course, at Anfield as well. It's one where we saw on Monday, didn't we, against Leeds. It just keeps happening. Liverpool missed chances. And it comes back to bite them. It shows how much they're missing Virgil van Dijk because I think you put him in that defence there and Liverpool win both games. Like He's getting on the end of corners, heading them clear, or he's picking up the markers. And there's just that extra intimidation when you've got him organising a defence and frightening strikers. You can actually defend properly. And Liverpool, they're not defending as a unit and they're looking very shaky. I know the commentators on BT were saying maybe it was the perfect game to have Fabinho back in that back four because he could deal with St Maximum. Well, granted, St Maximum played well, but he didn't really do anything with the ball, did he? He was just pace, no end products. I think that Matt Phillips, if he had been fit, a normal defence would have been fine in that. He missed Fabinho in midfield. And this game in particular, can see what Liverpool lose when they have a midfielder in that back four, because there was just no communication there. They weren't defending as a unit. They weren't in a straight line. Players were getting in behind them. They weren't picking up their men. It's like as many chances as Liverpool had the Newcastle equaliser probably should have come sooner. Just and it's frustrating for Jurgen Klopp, for Liverpool, his face at the end said it all. And we're at that stage now where it's by no means a surprise. Like it in a different week, um, they'd have won both games, they'd be comfortably in the top four, and you think they've pulled out the bag, they've saved themselves. That's what we assumed was going to be happening after getting that late winner against Villa, and now they've shot themselves in the foot, and you'd imagine it's now too much ground to make up. But would they have deserved more from the season? No, not at all. Uh, rather fitting that they throw away Champions League football 
in a style that is so befitting of this campaign. I saw, uh, I think it was yesterday, Joe, that Andrew Beasley had tweeted that in 17 of the first 28 Premier League seasons, Liverpool had no more than one league match in which they led 1-0 at half-time and ended up drawing one each. Of course, that's now happened twice in the space of six days. It also happened against West Brom a few weeks back, which started off this run of form. I suppose that sort of leads back into the sort of inevitability of it all. But how do Liverpool go about turning this around? It, it sort of seems so ingrained now that, as you say, it it's so difficult to, to get yourself out of that groove because they're so far into it now. I honestly think the only way they turn it around is by getting this season out of the way, getting players back and, and starting again next season. And, you know, I look, I, to, to put a positive spin on this, I truly believe Liverpool will be a different side when they get the likes of Van Dijk back fit, when they get the likes of Jordan Henderson fit. You know, I, I was running through a piece of one of the guys earlier and just looking at the amount of things that Liverpool can look forward to. I mean, and, and look, everyone will aim to improve in the form of just be Liverpool. But if you think about it, you know, Liverpool can get their first choice central defenders back, which brings them back a, a leader in Van Dijk and a, a pacier player in Joe Gomez so they can play a higher line. They can finally play a midfield that they've barely been able to touch all season, which is Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson. I think they've played in one game together or half of one game. Um, that's another, you know, some of their forwards will finally get a bit of a longer-weighted rest. They can buy more players, which I think they they really do need to. The likes of Thiago and Jota can have a pre-season. They'll get crowds back. There's so many things for Liverpool, I think, that can make next season, you know, quite exciting. Um, and if they, let's face it, if they don't play Champions League football, if they can do themselves a big favour and miss out in the Europa League, they could then have a break between matches, which Klopp likes, doesn't he? He's talked quite openly on the fact that he likes to train with his team. So I, I think they can massively get stronger. Um, and I think the mindset change that the likes of Van Dijk and Henderson will bring back could be hugely important to getting rid of these self-doubts. But um, you bang on by picking that West Brom game because that, that is a really weird game, I think, in this whole season because it was the game when Liverpool's house of cards, if you like, fell down a bit because before that, They'd done quite well. They got through considering the, the major injuries that they'd, they'd struggled with. And and when we'd had doubts about them, they'd managed to, to navigate those games quite well. And then West Brom came along and that was the first game this season when I've really felt like this team's going to score an equaliser here. Liverpool are banging at the door, but just running out of ideas. And it was like the doubts spread so fast and it was like, you know, all those doubts that Liverpool had had when those players had gone out injured just came bubbling to the surface from, from one game so you know it, it does feel like a that West Brom game feels like a real turning point in this season um, and the run of form they've been on since then is is almost unheard of for Liverpool so I think things will get better but I think they might just have to see this season out now you know it, it has been truly grim in many respects and you know I think Liverpool just need to turn the page just picking up on two things Joe said there, it's like, you think that West Brom game, that was the last one there, fans at Anfield, wasn't it? You think, well, how good Liverpool have been with fans at Anfield? Like when they're saying it's four years and a day, the Newcastle game, before they lost a game at Anfield with fans in there. You think, well, City without fans, they had the advantage that it makes no difference to them and they have torn it up this season. Well, how much of a bounce are Liverpool going to have when those fans come back in next year? Like, they're nearly invincibles 
last season with all this madness going on. You put the fans back in there and you half expect them to be turning it on like they did in 17-18 where they're destroying teams 3-4-0 every week because it should give them such a boost. Like it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that their form collapsed as soon as the fans were taken away again. Like you gave them that little bit of a tip bit to push them over the line. And apart from West Brom, they did well over the festive period with fans supporting them. And you look at Everton as well, their home form's been so bad when they've had the fans back in and then taken away. But I'm also not taking this uh, snobbery against the Europa League. Like they've, um, I know it's a completely different point, but they've removed around from it now. So there's no extra commitments compared to Champions League football on it unless you mess up your group. So Liverpool could turn it into a blessing in disguise. And you think, well, our fans, our generation, uh, we had some great days in UEFA Cup, didn't we? You think of like Barcelona, Roma away. 2001, that was great, that Euro, uh, UEFA Cup campaign. And it could be almost a new beginning for Liverpool in the fact that we don't know what state Van Dijk's going to be, Gomez is going to be, and these players coming back from injury. So you can sort of bed them in in those games. You're going to have Nico Williams, Harvey Elliott. They're going to be getting decent game time against decent sides because we could be facing like the Juventus in the um, Europa League next year. Napoli, Roma, Lazio, they're going to be some big names in it. It's not going to be the end of the world. It's not going to be the competition Liverpool want to be in, but they can turn it into a positive. Yeah, Borussia Dortmund looking like they're going to be heading into that one as well. as well. Some certainly big names in there. Joe, I want to throw out another statistic at you. Liverpool won 93% of the games last season in which they went 1-0 up. The only times they dropped points were against Arsenal and Burnley. That was after the title had already been confirmed. This season, they've dropped points in 36 percent of the games that they have dropped are you more on the side of it being that they're not being clinical enough in attack or are they not strong enough in defense to withstand the late onslaught i think i think it's a bit of both isn't it you know i think if you look back the last season and, and the last two seasons in general when liverpool came so close to winning the title and then did win the title you know it's easy to, to look back at those two seasons and think Liverpool were brilliant, but there were times when it was ugly and there were times when Liverpool ground results out. And that's what you have to do to be champions. And and that's where, you know, I, I think about the leaders that they had in Henderson and and, and Van Dijk especially. Um and, and players like that who are big personalities who don't perhaps let those doubts get to them and and get them over the line and you know, now I, I just don't think they're getting over the line. It's no surprise that those two players have been taken out the team. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I thought taking Thiago off was a, a bit of a strange move in the second half. You know, he was the only one whose passes seemed to be sticking when they went forwards. Was that a mistake, do you think, from Jurgen Klopp in hindsight? Um, potentially, because he could have been a player to keep hold of the ball retain it and sort of kill the game a little bit but at the same time we've rarely seen him complete 90 minutes this season and it does take a lot to adjust to English football as we've seen from him this year and it's one where in previous games where he has been taken off you haven't really seen it as a mistake then like Curtis Jones coming back from injury it's understandable why he'd want to get minutes in his legs it just so happens we're talking about it because Liverpool drop points but then is Thiago on the pitch going to be the player that stops the disallow goal and then stops the actual goal. Not really. He's not going to be the man marking them or cutting out the passes, is he? He's the one who's supposed to unlock it at the other end. Um, so it's one of those where who else could he really take off unless he wanted to go more defensive. Um, it's unfortunate how it, it worked out. Uh, but 
it's one of those, isn't it? It's not been Thiago's season. It's not been Liverpool's season. Don't really know where Joe's gone either. It's probably not been his podcast here. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's you can't really say it's a mistake because there have been so many decisions like this all season long where things have just not worked Liverpool's way. Joe's back, uh, so I'll throw over the next question to Joe. I wanted to, to ask you, Joe, about the, the front four playing together once again. I think that's only the third time this season that they've started a game together. What do you make of it? I, I wrote a, a piece this morning for, for Liverpool.com saying that I think we will see a front four again, but maybe not until the likes of Fabinho and, and Van Dijk are back in that Liverpool team. I think that's a really good point, yeah. Um, they just It just didn't work, did it? And I, and I thought... I must admit, when I when I saw the team sheet before the game, I thought it would work. I thought that Liverpool would be able to, you know, create big chances against Newcastle. And, and look, you know, as much as we say it didn't it didn't work, and it wasn't the most attractive from Liverpool in the first half, but they did create opportunities. And I do wonder if they'd have scored, you know, a second goal. They scored pretty early on, didn't they? They scored a second goal. Whether we'd be talking about a different type of you know result from that front four at the moment, so. You know, it can be fine margins, but I think Liverpool didn't control the game as well as they could have. And I think you're right. I think once you get Van Dijk back and Fabinho back into midfield, I think that front four might be a better option. Um, I'm trying to think back to they, they obviously played against Man City away, didn't they? God, the season's just been completely messed up in my <laughs> head. But who who played alongside them in that game when it it it, it surprised people because it worked quite quite well, didn't it? Very, very aggressively. Without well, Fabinho in midfield, because Joe Gomez was fit for that one, wasn't it? We he, yeah. he hadn't been injured yeah. yet. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I know that the second half against Arsenal, they did a, a front four yeah. in that one, and Fabinho was definitely in midfield for that one. Yeah, so I think that's a really good point that you've made about Fabinho. I think Liverpool have missed him in midfield a lot this season, and um, to make that front four work, it might be that he needs to be there. Yeah, well, I think like you, in, you look at Van Dijk and Fabinho. They're almost two players, aren't they? Like you know, yeah. you can just leave them back to defend, and everyone can go skip forward, and you can muck it up at one end. But Fabinho and Van Dijk will bail it out because they can just cover so much ground between them. They're intimidating figures. They've got the pace, and they just know what to do. They're like the best players in their positions in world football. And if you use them correctly, as Liverpool have done for so long, then you deliver the goods from it. And it'll be when you get Van Dijk back in that defence, you get Fabinho back holding midfield. Then we can see like Thiago getting forward more. We can see Trent and Robertson getting forward more. Um, the front three, you'd like to think, can gel a bit more because Salah and Mane can cut in. But at the moment, like we've already said, they just take too many touches. Like how frustrating is it when you see Mane trying to walk it around the goalkeeper rather than just putting it in first time, or Salah wanting on his left foot so desperately and doing a little toe poke with the outside of his foot or whatever? And like we saw it against Leeds, Firmino trying to take a, a touch on his chest and volley it in rather than just hitting it first time I can't remember what away game it was but there was one where he got abused and he when he didn't shoot when it seemed like he had an open goal and he tried to cut it back for Mane they're all overthinking it and because Liverpool don't have those tools in the armory to create an open teams open as much so when they get chances rather than just playing on instinct putting them in the back of the net they want to take those extra touches to try and finish it and that's what cost in Liverpool Whereas you think two years ago, you've got Van Dijk 60, 70 yards back. He can just play it to any single one of them, wherever they are on the pitch, wherever he is on the pitch, and Liverpool through and goal. It's something they don't have at the moment. It just shows how much he's been missed and Fabinho's been missed in midfield. 
Yeah, I think the big thing with Van Dijk is that ability to defend one versus one as well. If you've only got two in midfield, you really are sort of stretched in that area. But with Van Dijk, as you say, it's just like having two players there and Fabinho as well. And I just wanted to, to touch on Diogo Jota as well, Theo. I didn't think it was his best game, but I suppose out of all of the front four, if you could sort of say he was due an off game, it was probably Diogo Jota after the season he's had. It's been a curious season for him because obviously he's been a sensational signing. He's scored a lot of goals. He's made an impact. Like He's come off the bench and won games for Liverpool. He's started games and won games for Liverpool. But he's still not quite gelled with the rest of the front three for me uh, because he's not the same sort of player as he. We've just seen this prolific finisher. He's, his passing's not at the same level of them and they don't quite link up the same way. And I think it was one of those when they're still trying to find their feet as a four. And he was like the same as the other three. They were snatching at chances. Like there was one where he was what on the penalty spot and he just lashed it wide when you think you've got the whole goal to aim at there. There are a couple of misplaced passes. Yeah, he probably was due an off day, but it's one of those where most of his teammates are probably due an on day. <laughs> it's been one of those seasons. Um, and you just hope it can be a, a one-off for him. But he hasn't been in best form, I think, since the international break. He's scored a couple of goals, but we, we saw him better earlier in the season. It's just campaigns meandering out for players and, well, the team as well. Yeah, we will come on shortly to the top four race and where this leaves Liverpool for the final five matches of their season. But as much as it was a frustrating weekend for Liverpool, it wasn't for Manchester City, Joe. I think that's their fourth League Cup in a row that they've won under Pep Guardiola. I know you're a big fan of the competition. <laughs> Do you think Liverpool should take it a little bit more seriously? I know you had some uh, some points that you wanted to, to put forward on that. Yeah, um, Mark Wakefield's written a piece about it today and it's, you know, I share similar sentiments to him. I, ju I just think that the League Cup is, a, first of all, it's a, the first opportunity in the season to, to get a trophy. But I think in five of the eight seasons Liverpool have won the League Cup, it's led to, to other trophies down the line. And and even if you think about times when they've got to the final, you know, they got to the final in, in 2016 and, and repeated that by getting to the 2016 Europa League final. In 2005, they got to the final and got to the, obviously went and won the Champions League. So, you know, I just think it's a, it's a competition which you don't have to put that much resource to. You can change your team up without playing a completely different eleven. Get quite far in, and it can pay off for you. Because look, you know, I always remember Raf Benitez used to talk about it in Liverpool a lot, having a winning mentality. And you look at what Man City have got now; those players expect to go out and win trophies every single season. And you know what? They won thirteen major trophies now in the last ten years or so. And I think that's because. The players get so used to winning trophies that they just know what it takes. And I would like to see Liverpool. Obviously, they've they've got away and won the two big ones in the last two years, but it would be nice if they totted up a few of the, the smaller ones as well. And I think it can help. I think it can help in terms of winning mentality. I think it can help in terms of fostering a good energy towards the end of the season. Um, and it's quite it's a it's a competition that you can get quite a decent run to the final in because at times people don't play good teams. You know, it's. I find it quite bizarre that even teams who don't win many trophies at all give, you know, completely change their lineups for it. And, you know, Liverpool, even with a few tweaks to their lineup, can still have a better lineup than some of those teams. So to me, it's one that you could go out, go all out and win and, and try and go for every season without putting too much resource in. And it, I always find it a bit of a shame that, you know, you see Man City pick it up every year and it's just another trophy in their, in their cabinet. And, 
Liverpool don't even seem to bother with that or the FA Cup. And the FA Cup comes at a time of the season when I think teams are more tired. I think it comes after Christmas when they've had a real, you know, difficult schedule. Whereas the League Cup to me, you know, you can play earlier in the season when you're not perhaps as busy with games and and try and make progress. I, I just think it can be a bit of a wasted opportunity for Liverpool. So I would like to see them try and take it a little bit more seriously at times. Um, I'm sure many people will disagree and say that it's not worth it's not worth it. But you know, also just speaking from a fan's point of view, go and watch Liverpool win a trophy. I promise you, any trophy that you go and watch them win is is well worth it. And there's so many teams that would would give anything to see their team win a trophy. So I wouldn't turn my nose up at any trophy at all. So, you know, I just would like to see Liverpool go for it a bit often. And it makes me frustrated to see City winning it all the bloody time. <laughs> you think back to it, what, Dalglish is probably the last manager that's actually tried to go out and win the domestic yeah. cups. I can't remember what, Luis Suarez playing at Exeter City, playing against Brighton when they were lower leagues, stuff like this. And it's like, well, that cost Liverpool league position. Like They've finished way down in the division, ultimately played its part in Dalglish losing his job. But Liverpool's squad was rubbish back then. <laughs> they needed those trophies. You look at it now, they've got the players. They should be able to do it. And it's the fact that they didn't go all for it in the League Cup. It's ultimately what's led to Harvey Elliott going out on loan and them having to make tough decisions about players because they couldn't give them that game time. But it could easily be an audition for some of these players to stake a claim. Like we know we've barely seen Costa Simicast this year because just haven't been opportunities to play him. And you get to these Premier League matches, and you think, of, why is Klopp not resting Andy Robertson? Well, if Liverpool had actually had a proper go in a, a cup competition, then you, we might have seen a bit more from Simicast and some of these other players. But then, at the same time, Liverpool have been hard done by, by cup draws at the end of club. They've played so many Premier League teams That's and true. it's just not gone their way, whereas City always seem to get the kind draw. They always seem to get an easy route to the final. And then as soon as they get to those semi-finals and finals, it's a surprise when they don't win. But as you yeah. said, they've got the winning mentality. You just know how to lift silverware, win these trophies. And it doesn't matter what team Guardiola puts out, they find a way to do it. Um, it's something that Liverpool need to rediscover after this season. Hopefully it can uh, be a confidence booster for them next year if it is a change of approach from Klopp, because they'll certainly need something to... Uh, mend these scars from this season where they've just fallen apart the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo if liverpool were to, to end up in the europa league joe do you think that just strengthens the argument for going a little bit more in the, the two domestic cup competitions i suppose it takes away the excuse that you've got even bigger matches to come in the champions league obviously liverpool would expect even with a few changes to get through the europa league group for example Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, the Europa League is another trophy I, I feel quite similar towards in, in many ways because I do think, you know, again, you look at the teams in it this year and, you know, everyone who's left in it, you know, Man United are still left in it, aren't they? They, they have such a big chance of winning it. And it's it's a good trophy to win. You, you know, it, again, anyone who was there in 2016, it was, I was totally gutted to lose that game and, I don't think it's a trophy that you turn it, you know, is up to. So again, I feel quite feel quite similar towards the Europa League. I think many teams don't take it that seriously, and there's a real decent path there for you to go and win it. And Theo's right, you know, I, you know, for everything I've just said, Liverpool have been unlucky with cup draws. I mean, they, they went out to Arsenal this year, didn't they? So it's not like it's not like that they, they, they've had. You know, City seems to do get a decent path for a year, but yeah, you know, I think if they're in the Europa, Europa League next season, they could take it really seriously and. But they can do that with making changes. I just don't want to see them make 10 changes to a team 
make some tweaks, you know, keep some of your main players in and bring in the players Theo's just talked about. A Harvey Elliott into a front three that includes Firmino and Mane, a Jimmy Carson in, in a back four that includes Van Dyke and, and Trent. You know, I, I don't think you need to go out and make 10 changes each time you play in these cup competitions. And I think Liverpool have fallen into that trap at times. Certainly something for Jurgen Klopp to think about before the start of next season. But still, five games, Theo, to play of this season. Liverpool will still be hoping to have a chance to get back into the Champions League and finish in fourth spot. How do you assess it from this point in, though? Do you think they've still got a chance, even if it's just a slim one at this point? Um, they've got a chance, but at the same time, you'd imagine it, it should be done. Like in a normal season, it's done. It's They're too far back. They've not been playing well enough. But then you look at the fixtures that are left and it's like warm paper. Liverpool got the easiest running. But then it's, again, the time of the season where weird results happen. So like um, Newcastle picking up points, like they've had a decent run recently. Upsets do happen. Teams need points to stay up. Teams need points to get into Europe. And it's like all these sorts of results that you're not expecting happening. What would be the odds on Liverpool turning up at Old Trafford and destroying Manchester United? It's just been one of those seasons where you can't predict. And I think I said it on the debrief. You could ask me, will Liverpool make Champions League on a Saturday? And I'll give you a different answer on a Saturday than I will for a Monday. It changes game on game. It just depends what Liverpool turn up game on game. Um, like if against Newcastle, if they score one of those chances and it's 2-0, they're in the top four this weekend. And you're thinking, yeah, advantage Liverpool. They can definitely hold on to this. Uh, they are four points off. And at this stage, it does feel like it's too much for them. But Chelsea have got an horrendous run of fixtures. And I think Leicester have got a pretty bad run as well. You think, well, if Chelsea uh, play in Real Madrid twice and that's going to be knackering and then they're in the Champions League final, potentially that's a distraction. There's all these mitigating circumstances that could see other teams mess it up a little bit and Liverpool grab it with both hands. Like The only reason the top four battle is so tight this year and, and is because these teams that have had it in the grasp have then had a slump and thrown it away. Like every single one of like five, six teams have had these results, and it's just who can last the distance, who can still be in that running on the last day of the season. And one person, I suppose, is Crystal Palace. So maybe Liverpool can just put seven, eight past them, like they did at Sellers Park, sneak it on goal difference. But it, it just depends on everything else who can blink first and whatnot. It's such a hard one to call because Liverpool have become so unpredictable. As Theo says, Joe, I mean, Liverpool's fixtures are on paper much easier, but you don't really have too much hope that they can win all five of their matches. I think they've only put together a run of three victories. That's the best that they've managed in the Premier League so far this season. They're going to have to put together a run of at least four. Or would you even say they have to, to win all five to put themselves into the top four from this point? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, my big worry is, you know, United at the weekend and... Liverpool going away to United haven't had a good record there in recent seasons. It's it it has been a struggle, and they do seem to, of all the games, they do seem to freeze at United a little bit. And, you know, I think if they, I think if they go and win at United, it could give them huge confidence. But I think if they lose there, then it would be completely over. But as Theo said, you know, Chelsea, the one thing that is keeping Liverpool slightly alive in this race is that Chelsea and Leicester have got a tough you know, two or three games towards the end of the season. But I just can't see it because, like you say, they just haven't done it this season. There's, there's no body of evidence to show that Liverpool can go out and win four of these five games or win five of these last five games. It, it just hasn't happened. 
And the way they're playing at home, you know, even the win that they have had against Aston Villa recently was done in the last minute. I, I, you know, I certainly wouldn't bet on it now. I think, I think, you know, it will be Chelsea and, and Leicester that will manage to, to, to squeak over the line. But again, it's a bit missed opportunity because if Liverpool had got their act together and just won one or two of these home games, they could have been right in there. And, and you know, to, to fall from being champions to out of the Champions League in one season, and I know they've had bad injuries, but to do that is just such a bitter blow because even if you're not going to be competing for the title, you really want to consolidate and still be in the Champions League. And it, it means that they're going to have to do something really good in the summer to try and keep up because the likes of City will not stand still. Chelsea will not stand still with a new manager. Man United will not stand still having um, having made progress in the last few seasons. And seems like Leicester seems to be on an upward curve, don't they? So, you know, Everton too. So Liverpool will have a lot, a big, big ask. Uh, in the summer to, to rate themselves. Does it help, Theo, that Liverpool will only have one more game at Anfield without fans? They've had a, a pretty decent away record so far this season. It tends to be at home that they've struggled, but you fancy if there is 10,000 fans, as we expect on that final day, that could give them a little bit of a boost in that one. You'd hope so. And it's one where, if we're being optimistic, you might have a Jordan Henderson back for the last game of the season as well. And that's a boost there. Liverpool certainly need something to give them that kick up the bum to find form again. And like Joe's just said, it's just not happened all season long. Maybe fans can be the difference. and You'd like to think so, because like I said earlier, they, they were decent over the festive period when they did briefly get fans back. Like It was only West Brom where they dropped points. And it's like, well, Liverpool, we all know how much they've missed their fans. We all know how much they've missed their star players. And it's going to be a boost to any team to have that return just to get them over the line. But it's whether they'll still be in touch and distance because like, like we said, they're four points off now. So if to be in control of your own destiny, you're going to have to get at least two points back from that and then hope results go your way. Chelsea have made changes or something with the Champions League final in sight or Leicester have a mental freeze having um, thrown it away last year. Liverpool have got this winning mentality despite what we've seen from them this season. They've won the Champions League, the Premier League, you just hope that experience can come through and whether it is a return of fans that can get it out of them or a return of their captain, maybe even if we want to be really, really optimistic, Virgil van Dijk on the bench, something like that, just to have them have this fire in the belly again to at least finish the season in style and not have it as a complete write-off. I think the most frustrating thing for me, Joe, would be if they were to miss out on the Champions League. That's at least one of probably Jurgen Klopp's final three seasons. They're going to be out of the top competition in Europe. That would be a big blow if we assume that, that he's going to move on at the end of his contract, as we think he probably will at this moment in time. To be out of the competition for, for that long of, of the time that they've got left, it, it just feels like a massive missed opportunity. Let's be honest, it's a, it is a total sickener, isn't it? You know, it, it really isn't what we all envision for this Liverpool side. You know, they've, they've been so good for two seasons and and I think they're so much better than what they've shown this season. But circumstances have transpired that, they, you know, for them to just drop out. And it is hugely frustrating because, you know, I, I, felt, I feel like Liverpool have been as a club on such an upward curve, but this season's put them back. And if they miss out in the Champions League, which looks likely, it could potentially put them back even further. You know, I mean, 
let's face it, there's been a lot of speculation this season. Someone like Mohamed Salah would then suddenly be almost within his right to say, well, I, I'm a Champions League player. And you always run that risk when you miss out. Big players like that can turn around and, and seek and seek a transfer. So it's it's a second error. And yeah, I think, you know, if Klopp's only got three seasons left with Liverpool to not be in it, is um he belongs in there, doesn't he? You know, and obviously you, you want to be there on merit. I'm not saying otherwise, but Liverpool belong in there. Um, so it's a real shame. Um, but you know, you have to take it, don't you? And hopefully they can just come back stronger next season. And if they miss out on the Champions League, just have a really, really good domestic campaign and just remind everyone how good this team is. Because I think there'll be certain players there that will be hurting. You know, I've talked about them at length on this podcast already. You know, the likes of Van Dijk, Henderson. They won't stand for this. They won't be happy with this. The front three, you know, they're winners. Um, Trent is a winner. Andy Robertson, a winner. Alisson, a winner. These are players that will will want to hit back next season and, and show that Liverpool and they're, they're still the, the, the class that they are. So, But yeah, it's a huge second. I won't lie. It's pride, isn't it? Like You think of this Liverpool team when they are, they are been European champions, world champions, Premier League champions. If you'd said to any of them at the start of the season, you take one player out and it all falls apart, uh, they'd have taken that as an insult. Like You think these are some of the best players on the planet. It should not be the case that they are not a team without one player. That's the, the situation they found themselves in. So it's not just the case of Virgil van Dijk making up for lost time. They will all have a point to prove that this Liverpool team is not just... Van Dijk and 10 others, that it can work without him. It's just, you look at, historically, it could go either way, couldn't it, if they miss out on the Champions League? Like, I think um, Chelsea in 14-15, they missed out completely the next year when Leicester won it, and then they won the title straight back off the back of that. But then you look at an Arsenal who miss out on the Champions League, having been in it pretty much every single year under Wenger for however long, and they've just not got back to it since. And granted, they've not had to sell players, but you've got like the uh, likes of Ozil and Aubameyang who are just sat there, just half arsing it, or picking up huge wages. And you think, well, you probably should be in the Champions League. You've got the quality to be in the Champions League. And it's just not happened for whatever reason. Um, Liverpool can't afford to make it be a step back. They need to use it as that springboard to kick on again and to just be the point to prove next season rather than to feel sorry for themselves wallow in their own misery and the fact that they weren't these great champions that they thought they were and that essentially was a one-off season of brilliance. The fact that um, when they won the Champions League and they were so close to winning the title that year, Jürgen Klopp said this team deserves another year. They had that year, they won the Premier League title and now it's all fallen apart when they've been given another year on top of that. Lots of questions need to be asked in that dressing room with the manager and the players. like Who deserves to be in this team next season to prove that they are Liverpool quality to get Liverpool back to the, the top of English football. I've waited 30 years to win this title. They can't wait 30 years for the next one. It just needs to be that one season out of the Champions League so they can kick on again. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of questions to be answered, but there is still five games. There is still a bit of hope for Liverpool and fingers crossed they can get themselves back into the Champions League next season. But I think that just about brings us to the end of today's podcast. Make sure you're on top of all of the content that we'll bring you in the week leading up to, of course, that massive clash at Old Trafford on Sunday. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison, from Joe Rimmer and from Theo Squires. Until next time, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.